podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, back after an absence where he was actually doing real work, we have William Puckett, and he's joining us on the Paracast today on a windy day, not like the song from the association back in the 60s, but real wind. And Randall says he's got wind, and I'm looking at my weather for Arizona here near Phoenix, and it's sunny, 64 degrees, doesn't say anything about wind, let's just take a look here. No, it's going to be in the 70s for the next few days, and back into the 60s, and the wind is three miles an hour. Do you feel jealous, William? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think, I think we both do, Gene. <laughs> What's it doing down there, William, where you're at? You're oh, in Montana, yeah. right? Yeah, it's rampant. I had a gust on my weather station. I just had my weather station, my wind gauge reinstalled and some enhancements made. I measured a gust of 62 miles an hour about 45 minutes ago, several gusts of over 40 and 50. I went out to get my mail and it's only about a block and I I was going to turn around and come back because, I mean, I weigh 130 pounds and I didn't think I was going to be able to stand up in it. I just put my head down like a fullback going through the line and got to the mailbox. So yeah, it's really bad. We've got it up up here in Calgary, where I am. We get these things called Chinooks, which you're a meteorologist, right? You're like an actual qualified meteorologist. So when they come through here, we get the wind gusts too. And we've got a wind warning going with gusts expected up to 90 kilometers an hour. So what's that, around 50 or something? And uh, temperature right now about 35 Fahrenheit for you guys down in the U.S., yeah, it woke me up last night. It was really, really doing a number up here. But but Chinooks aren't unique to Calgary, are they, William? They they appear in other parts of the world too, right? Well, the main location for Chinooks is on the east slopes of the Rocky Mountain Range. That's where they primarily happen. They happen in other areas too. But at this time of the year, what can happen, the wave pattern caused by the Rocky Mountains can cause a jet stream to purge down to the surface. And the jet stream is pretty strong right under the jet stream today. A strong Pacific weather system is coming through. And we had rain here today, something to do with climate change. I mean, rain in January, kind of unheard of, not very much. They are phenomenon primarily of Montana, Colorado, New Mexico, and of course, uh, Alberta, Canada, you know, any place east of the Rocky Mountains. And it's about 45 degrees, which is probably about 10 degrees off what you expect a record high at this time of the year in January. So very strong Pacific system, strong pressure gradient. Pressure was falling rapidly. Front comes through, pressure rising rapidly. You get tight packing of the uh, contours and you got wind. Uh, Generally what happens, my experience is you know, it can be indicative that maybe the wave pattern might be, we might get some colder air in the next uh, six or seven days when the jet stream gets that strong. But been quite a quite a uh, non-existent winter here so far, anyhow, here in Montana. Is that all about climate change, William? I, I do believe it is. The second law of thermodynamics drives the the atmosphere, the weather systems, and normally. 
if you didn't have winds, the Arctic would keep getting colder and the tropics would keep getting warmer. Well, now what happens, I mean, you can look in Alaska and man, the temperatures in Fairbanks weren't even below zero the other day. There's no reason to have any northerly flow to exchange energy because the Arctic is warming up so much faster than the temperate latitudes. But you still can get these strong weather systems you know, coming through. And with more moisture in the air due to climate change, that can create stronger weather systems, more instability, what we meteorologists call. Another thing that also happens with climate change, if you do get into a what they call a polar vortex, that's kind of a common thing that the media comes up with, ridges and troughs where you northerly flow or southerly flow can kind of stagnate and sit in patterns. So you still can get some spillage of a pretty cold air because the, the, the trough and ridge patterns won't shift as much with climate change because of that dynamic, of the, essentially the second law of thermodynamics, which really drives the atmosphere. Is your opinion on climate change one that it is primarily man-made or are we going through a natural cycle or some combination of both? We're going through a combination of both. I mean, pre-industrial area, the climate was warming. You know, there was glacial recession. But a high percentage of the climate change we're seeing right now is, is anthropogenic. There's just no doubt about it. I mean, carbon dioxide has doubled from 200 parts per million to 400 parts per million in uh, probably 50 years uh, since the late 50s, more like 60 years. And it's out of control. The, the carbon dioxide, that's that's like a greenhouse gas. So yes. basically, if we look at it as putting, it, it's like putting insulation in your attic. If there was half as much before, now we've got twice as much. It's hard to think that it's having no effect at all. That's correct. I mean, carbon dioxide has a long residence pattern. It's inert gas. It doesn't react. The only way it can be removed is through photosynthesis. Whereas there are other greenhouse gases like methane, that's reactive. That has a residency time of about 10 years. And then water vapor is also a greenhouse gas, even stronger than carbon dioxide. And and with global warming, with the the ice caps melting, there's more water on the planet. And you're getting these horrific hurricanes, which are driven by water and water-based temperature. And you've got all this water in the atmosphere, plus you get high cloudiness, more high cloudiness in global warming. And high clouds are also a, a greenhouse effect. So it's a self-perpetuating mechanism, and it's, it's out of control. It's got to be dealt with. You make such a good point about water vapor. And, and you know, I've been saying that for years about jetliners, because primarily their exhaust is water vapor into the upper atmosphere and you can see how it just spreads out into this thin mist up there now there's been a lot less and the sky's been bluer since the lockdowns and the all the travel restrictions because of the pandemic but uh you can still see it it's coming back again now one thing i wanted to ask you while we've got you on today too and i I know we've got a bunch of other stuff to talk about chemtrails are they a real thing or are people just seeing contrails what do you think well i'm kind of on the skeptical side of that um what you just said i mean chemtrails are are contrails i mean that's what they are the the argument is that people believe that the government is putting them up there to change the climate 
to my knowledge, they're not doing that. Uh, but you, you, you're correct. Most of uh, jet chemtrails or contrails are water vapor, essentially ice crystals. And the satellite pictures do show them spreading out into cirrus clouds and moving, getting spread out by the wind, dispersed. They are a major problem. Now, I will say there are proposals out there of seeding, producing chemtrails in the Arctic to try to restore the ice caps. Now, that could tilt the climate. That doesn't remove greenhouse gases or carbon dioxide. It would remove the water vapor. So the chemtrail thing, it, it, it could be done. I mean, there are, there are chemtrails that can be produced. That, and they're quite likely, what on my understanding is, it'd be sulfur dioxide, what they'd use. So it's a yes and no situation. I, a lot of people with their, when I people send me pictures of alleged chemtrails, I mean, to me, they're, they're, they're just contrails with a lot of jet traffic. We've got William Puckett joining us, and we have a lot more to talk about. He's got a list of sightings and other information to present to us through this episode and also after the Paracast with Gina and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about after the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the hope for a COVID vaccine on the rise, shifting political landscape, and the election at an end, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 411411 to get what you need to Stay ahead of market trends and find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Stop guessing. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Text MONEY to 411411 so you can protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411. Go to VantagePointSoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. 
That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. <laughs> I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give Federal Tax Management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the Federal Tax Management hotline now 800-503-8625-800-503-8625-800-503-8625 hi i'm dan pilla i started fighting the irs over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house i sued the irs and won i beat the irs then and i've been beating them ever since i wrote the book on tax debt settlement and i've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved i can help you too if you owe taxes you can't pay don't wait another day There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, William Puckett, let's move past the chemtrails and that stuff sure. because you have so much on the plate to talk about. But before we do that, just for our listeners' sake, last week we had Gray Scott, a futurist, but a futurist with a lot of paranormal background. And I guess what surprised me is I expected more just on the futuristic realm, and then suddenly he's putting up a new home in the Hudson Valley near where Whitley Strieber had his alleged encounters, abductions. It all kind of surprised me. I didn't expect all that to come from him. You, Randall? Yeah, he was a really good guest. We got a really good comment on the Paracast community forums from Jenny Chan, who says, this was an amazing interview. Thought it would only be about predicting future tech, so my mind was blown with the Alan Watts, Terrence, McKenna, Matrix, Nature of Aliens Consciousness, and the video game references. What a profound discussion. Highly recommended, she says. So thanks a lot for that, Jenny. It's really nice to hear from our forum people and listeners when we get a good guest on. And we'll have him back again in the future. I'm sure there's a lot more to talk about. William, let's go into some of the current stuff, and then we'll get into the sightings. Of course, we all know that with the appropriations bill finally signed to law near the end of the year, That includes the Pentagon UAP Task Force, where they have six months to deliver a report on UAPs. Now, you and I are old enough to have been disappointed before, or maybe my expectations were low. But do you at all expect anything to change this time in terms of solid information to come forth? No, I do not. I did get notified about this from a friend that 
you know, as a part of a rider on the uh, uh, COVID stimulus bill, there was a 180-day uh, deadline for U.S. intelligence agencies to share UFO info. The thing about it is, is you can ask an agency to divulge, uh, you know, freedom of information reports and everything. It doesn't mean they're going to do it. Who's going to look over their shoulder? I mean, I worked for the government for 30 years and fielded a lot of FOIA requests. And our FOIA officers, the headquarters of our FOIA were legal counsel lawyers. And the lawyers would get the FOIA request and say, well, check your files. I always did, but they're not going to come out come down and look over my shoulder. So agencies may have UFO information and who's going to go in and quality assure them? Are you going to go into the CIA and look through their documents? So I am encouraged that there's congressional interest in transparency with the UFO enigma. But we're not going to see any UFO artifacts. You know, I, I do believe they have crash debris. I think they crash craft, probably alien beings. We're not going to see that, but maybe we'll see some more information. I will add that John Greenwald got some information from the CIA quite fast. Of course, he's always working on freedom of information requests, and apparently it's extremely difficult to read the file formats and everything. He's still working on it. So, you know, that's the kind of what we're probably going to see. In addition to that, there's a lot of agencies in the government that have UFO information, I'm not clear on that bill if all those agencies are included, you know, in, in that particular bill. I'm not quite sure about that. It mentions specifically, I'm reading it here, Office of Naval Intelligence, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, FBI. I mean, there's a lot of other agencies, NSA, uh, National Reconnaissance Office, uh, other agencies that and the military branches that have information on UFOs. So my own opinion is I'm encouraged by the congressional interest, yet I do not expect to see anything earth-shattering. You'll probably see more of videos, maybe, pilot reports, a few things like that, but you're not going to see the vaults at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base opened up. That's my opinion. I also think here they are certainly capable of making excuses. They can say this is what we have. They can say we're still looking into it and we'll have an update in another six months. I mean, what is there that Congress could do if they say, well, we don't have anything for you or we don't have enough? They can't do anything. They can go to the uh, inspector general or not. Let's see. I'm trying to remember. I've been so long since I've been with the federal government. There's another agency in the federal government that can put a lot of pressure on agencies. There's an inspector general, which is an agency's watchdog. And then there's another office in Congress that Congress can go to and actually have federal employees go in and look through files. They can do it. But I can't remember the name of that agency off the top of my head. If I think it later on, it starts with an N, but I, I, I can't remember it. And they, they can actually go in their arm of Congress can go in and quality assure uh, release that uh, congressman Stephen Schiff who unfortunately died young of cancer he went to that arm of the government to try to get Roswell info and what they came back with is they said most of the records with the Roswell incident were destroyed so 
amen to that. But they did, he did use that arm, and Congress can do that. Any any congressman can can use that arm of the federal government to go in and and look at actual files. On the other hand, I kind of think Congress will be occupied with other problems. And this is not going to be the one that rises to the top. Well, of course, we can see what Senator Marco Rubio did, because he will become the ranking chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee after the new senators take over. And we expect, of course, that Senator Schumer will become the Senate Majority Leader within days after this episode is broadcast. I don't want to get into the politics here, except to say that, look, We've all lived through hopes for UFO disclosure. It never happens. I don't think it's going to happen now. Kudos to John Greenwald for getting more information. But he's got a ton of it. And where has that taken us? Well, that's correct. I mean, he's got some good information out there. But, you know, he doesn't have any photos of alien beings or a crashed spacecraft, you know. And that's the stuff that... I'm almost 100% certain that the government has that information. You know, I, for a while I had some doubts, but, you know, with the Roswell incident, and the more I've looked at it and I've actually discovered some more little tidbits about Roswell in the last few years, and I, I'm pretty much convinced that it was a spacecraft that crashed, at least part of the incident. Now, I know you were interviewed on Kevin Randall's show, and Kevin's a friend of ours. I've known him for two or 3,000 years. And, <laughs> That's a long time. <laughs> right. And he had this book called Roswell in the 20th, 21st Century, where a lot of the information he felt that we depended on for Roswell could not be verified. His conclusion being that something happened. We haven't explained what that was. And that's where we left it. But in the next second, I'm going to ask you, okay, William Puckett, let's have it out. What information do you think you've put together in recent years that lends more credibility to Roswell? We've got more to come with Gene and Randall and William Puckett. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Have you ever thought about turning your Glock, XD Family, or 1911 handgun into a semi-automatic carbine? It only takes about 30 seconds. The MacTech carbine upper is classified as an accessory and can be delivered right to your doorstep with no FFL or background check required. It's the world's most versatile pistol accessory. Build your custom upper today. Simply go to handgunconversion.com. That's handgunconversion.com. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. President-elect Joe Biden says he wants to see 100 million doses of COVID vaccine administered in his first 100 days in office. 
as many states' governors have expressed frustration with the current slow pace of the rollout. The CDC says that while more than 12 million doses of vaccine have been administered, over 31 million doses have been distributed. Michael Levitt was Health and Human Services Secretary under George W. Bush and tells Fox News that trying to focus on vaccinating one smaller area of the population might have been what's been slowing down vaccination efforts. As noble as it was to try to stratify those who need it the most first, it turns out that that really slows us down. And so clearly across the country now, governors are saying we have to speed it up and we've got to broaden the categories and we've got to get needles in arms. And I think we'll see that happen across the country. I think governors are responding to that. I think it'll be part of the federal strategy as well. This is USA Radio News. The woman who helped Donald Trump win the presidency in 2016 is reflecting on her time at the White House. USA's... USA Radio News' Mike Fortier has the story. Kellyanne Conway was the first woman to lead a successful presidential campaign in 2016. She stayed on as senior counselor until last year. She was on HBO's Real Time with Bill Maher last night. I'm happy that I worked for a president um, who kept the Oval Office door open to many of us. We can go in and express ourselves. I didn't win every policy debate, but I was heard. And I think any woman in a workplace who is heard by her boss and has a seat at the table should really appreciate that. Conway adds, though, that the last two months have been a disappointment, especially last week. I think that those marauders and murderers, I think that they insult, not represent the whole the whole Trump movement. Looking back, she says Trump built the greatest economy we had, rebuilt the military, and a lot of people are better off. For USA Radio News, I'm Mike Fortier. This is USA Radio News. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. So you raised the comment, William Puckett, what issues of Roswell should we look at now that maybe are new to be considered? I have a few things. First off, Jesse Marcel Jr., who was deceased four or five years ago, when I moved here to Helena in 2011, one of the first things I did is look him up because he lived here. I had lunch with him. We discussed the incident, and he told me that balloon debris that was General Ramey had laid out on the floor in, at uh, Carswell Air Force Base in Fort Worth with Jesse Marcel holding a piece of it. The balloon envelope was on the floor. Now, the balloon envelope is what you store the balloon in when you take it out of storage. Why was it on the floor? Number two, 
Why did they have a meteorologist come in and identify it? Because they knew it was a balloon. If you had a UFO, would you call for a meteorologist to investigate it? You'd have an aeronautical engineer. It was all set up. It's crazy. They have a meteorologist come in and identify a UFO. Why? Because they knew it was a balloon. Second point, when I worked for the History Channel, when they did some UFO hunters on the Roswell incident, I gathered the weather data for uh, Roswell Army Airfield for July 1947. On the alleged day that the debris was flown from Roswell to Carswell Air Force Base, the weather observer was gone. This is a thunderstorm season, the only base in the world that had nuclear weapons, and they don't have a weather observer on duty? Very strange. And I talked to Dr. Marcel about that, too. Yeah, especially if it's a weather balloon, we're going to make sure we launch it and have nobody there to watch it. And like yourself, I went back and looked through the as much of the weather records as I could find. And at all altitudes, I mean, I know they change directions, but at all altitudes, the wind wasn't blowing in the direction of where that debris field was found from the place where the mogul balloons are typically launched. So how does a balloon go, you know, against the wind to get there? None of it makes any sense. I actually looked at the winds aloft for that time period when allegedly the mogul balloon would have crashed, the launch of the mogul balloon that Dr. Charles Moore had in his log. The only one that they never recovered and the debris was spread out northwest to southeast. The winds aloft were from the south-southwest at that time, almost at right angles to where the, the, the debris was spread out. Very yeah. good point. You know, people would say, oh, yeah, well, you know, they changed directions at altitudes and stuff like that. And there was one where the lower winds were going exactly the opposite direction. Uh, there were some higher altitude winds that were going sort of that direction, but the angle of them would have taken them, if my recollection is right, well to the north, just not anywhere near the ranch. Yeah, something's going on. And then what about the people who actually handled the materials, like the foil that could be crumpled up and, and yet not broken or drilled through or even hammered i don't even know that we have materials like that today no we don't i mean that material was like the size of cellophane on a package of cigarettes and they couldn't drill through it you know it would spread out you know you'd crinkle it up and it would unfold Uh, i'm not a metallurgist but carbon based materials that are very strong but not not that strong and not that would unfold like that. We have memory foil, but it's, I mean, you can just poke it with a pin. That's right. There's been some more recent interviews with Jesse Marcel Sr. that have come out. I mean, he, he was just completely said that, you know, it was a spacecraft, nothing that they'd ever seen before. You know, my dad was a World War II veteran. And Jesse Marcel Sr. was not only an intelligence officer, he was an instructor. This is a 509th bomber group. And my dad told me that those guys were handpicked just to belong to that group, yet alone being a supervisor, an instructor. I mean, he has a lot more credibility than Dr. Charles Moore, who's been a major debunker. Jesse Marcel Jr. told me Charles Moore 
spent an hour in, in a motel room in Roswell trying to convince Jesse Marcel that the debris on the floor was a mogul balloon. Well, even the military said it was a weather balloon. I mean, get your debunking story straight. You know? <laughs> was it a mogul balloon? Was it a weather balloon? Or who knows? I mean, they you can't. St- even you get still the get the skeptics today that say, oh, it was a mogul balloon and it's all settled. And then when you give them the kind of information that you and I have just presented, well, they, they just kind of clam up and go, oh, yeah, well, you know, whatever. And then they go to the next show and they say, oh, it was a mogul balloon. What is it about that kind of mindset that they just continue to repeat the same thing, even though the evidence, and they're supposed to be people who respect evidence, even though the evidence says quite clearly, it really couldn't have been a mogul balloon. Problem with Roswell is that there were some pretty weak witnesses that kind of watered down the incident, like Frank Kaufman. And I don't want to say anything real bad about him, but his credibility was highly questionable. A few people like that, you know, there were allegedly two other crash sites. That's somewhat anecdotal. So it got watered down, but you had some reliable witnesses like Jesse Marcel Jr., Jesse Marcel Sr., Glenn Dennis, the mortician, Frankie Ford's father, who saw the beans. And even when I went down there, I, I saw the crash site, you know, the Arroyo, which is on the Hub Corn Ranch. I can't remember her first name. Mrs. Corn took me on the, you had to, it's eight miles of the four-wheel drive to get in there. Sheila Corn was her name. And she told me a week before that, and even other times, she had bought people in there, and their their dads were guard at the Arroyo when the military was cleaning it up, but they saw the beans. And you can even see indentation, which is quite artificial in the Arroyo, where this craft stuck into, you know, it went 25 or 30 miles. So, Well, that's really interesting because first there's the debris field. Now, in all the the reading I've done on the debris field, there wasn't any sort of gouge marks in the ground. But if you followed the path of the debris field further off some distance, then that's where they say the craft came down and that there was these archaeology students and other people and stuff that came upon the thing. I think maybe part of the problem is that we've got these sort of conflicting stories, too. Yeah, the archaeologists, my understanding was that was the second craft site, Plains of San Augustine, is my understanding. And that was different than the other debris field, which, and allegedly, you know, they saw a craft and I can't remember the name of that other gentleman that when he was on his deathbed, he actually did an interview where he, he was lung cancer, you know, and he was getting oxygen. And he he claimed that he saw the, you know, the craft and then the military came in and shoot him out. That's the problem with Roswell. You've got quite a bit of other evidence, different witness reports. But it seems like the, the credible witnesses where you can really connect the dots is where you really got to say that's probably what happened. And then the military moved in right away to, to squash it. And then you've got where allegedly the debris was taken to, you know, Wright Pat Field in, in Ohio. And, uh, you know, you've got witnesses that saw the alien beings at Fort Riley, Kansas, the truck convoy. So, you know, there's just a lot of other. And that was Philip Corso, of course. And he claimed he was at Fort Riley, Kansas. One of the sergeants that was on guard duty lifted up one of the tarps and saw the beans floating in this fluid. And he went and showed Corso. So you got to 
you've got to really, uh, you know, scratch your head about that, too. And Philip Corso was a reliable person. I mean, he was high up in the military, you know, in the uh, World War II in Korea. And he testified in front of congressional investigation committees in the 1990s on POWs in Soviet Union, that, you know, from the Korean War and also uh, alleged dogfights between U.S. and Russian fighters in the Cold War. And he was proven to be right. So quite a reliable witness. We've got a lot more to come with Gene, William and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product. Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal Hair Care System is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. There's 
so much hand sanitizer on the market, but beware. Not all hand sanitizers are created equal. That's why you want to use 2020 Safe Hand Sanitizer. You can trust the hand sanitizer on 2020safe.net to be made with the highest quality ingredients. American-made with American ingredients employing Americans. Log on now to 2020safe.net and order your one liter today. Normally $29.99, but reduced to $19.99. So hurry while supplies last and receive a bonus. That's right. You'll receive a 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, a $39.95 value free by using code GCN at checkout. Right now, click 2020safe.net. That's 2020safe.net to get our one-liter bottle of high-quality hand sanitizer with your free bonus. A 30-count bottle of Immune Booster valued at $39.95. Remember to enter GCN at checkout. And the bonus is yours free. 2020safe.net. Hi, this is James Fox. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So I think here we should move away from Roswell, unless you got something more significant to present in addition to what you have so far. Mostly because I think there's a lot of new stuff that we can get into. What do you think, William? Yeah, I guess we can leave uh, 1947. You know, that was the year I was born. I always say I I landed in Scobie, Montana in February 1947, and the, <laughs> the aliens landed in Roswell in July of 1947. That was the first statement I made at my retirement party from the Environmental Protection Agency. They gave me a bunch of kind of a advertising of UFOs. So, yeah, let's move on into more current UFO sightings, maybe in a similar area, but different setting. One case that I want to talk about, I've done quite a bit of work on in the past month. November 22nd, 2020, Las Vegas, Nevada. Transparent robotic-like being emerges from green-growing UFO. Ironically enough, that was on the anniversary of President JFK's assassination. I don't think that's a relation, but nonetheless, it is a date in infamy. This gentleman was, it was about, a little bit before 7 o'clock, about 6.45 a.m., and his daughter was sleeping on the couch, and she was sleeping in the south uh, part of their apartment, and the drapes were open, and he went to close the drapes because the sun was coming up, and he saw this green object in the sky, thought that quite strange, grabs his cell phone, takes off out the door, walks into a parking lot, and this huge green object, that he said it was so bright, that he had to shield his eyes from it. He snapped several photos in about a minute or a minute and a half. And this object got closer and closer to him. And all of a sudden, this robotic, somewhat transparent, green robotic being, where appendages weren't joined, is projects from this object. He's mesmerized. He snapped more photos. And he's looking at this thing. And then all of a sudden, he just he just turned around and walked home. He was he was just kind of hypnotized. He didn't report the sighting to me for about I think it was about exactly a week later when I got the report from him. I taped the interview with him. It's on my site, and I've also displayed some of the photos. He's still holding on to the photos of the entity, the alleged entity. He did release one photo. The other one, more compelling ones, he has not released, is strange. But again, 
you can't really make heads or tails out of the photo. But nonetheless, if it's a transparent type entity, you know, you wouldn't expect to see, you know, Marilyn Monroe in the photo. So I have put the report out on my site. It's been on there quite some time. The witness has submitted additional details to me. The debunkers are calling this a lens flare. Now, it was taken in, the photos were taken into the sun. There was a cloud base at 14,000 feet. But the argument is, and this is where I part company with debunkers, they don't at all listen to what the witness says. They will say, well, it's a lens flare. One of the, or two of the photos was a lens flare, but the object does not at all look like a lens flare. It's not uniform. It's not symmetrical. And it changes shape. Given the fact that the witness saw the object, I think it is a real object. Addition to that, I've been ver- been able to verify the details of the photo. I mean, the photograph, the particular cell phone that the witness had, GPS his location, and it is right where he said he was when he took the photo. The time is correct. The location is correct. And... I myself have tried to replicate it with my cell phone. You do get green dots, but a lot of the green, the 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 UFO was above the sun. A lot of times, green dots are below it when you, uh, with lens flares and cell phones. Again, one or two of the photos were a lens flare. The rest of them are not. I will add that I do have a good radar dump, aviation radar for Nellis Air Force Base. And McCarran Airport, I'm looking at the radar data. I also looked at the Doppler weather radar data for that date. Did not find anything compelling with the Doppler data. But again, Doppler radar is set up to detect droplets, ice crystals, hailstones, wind fields, etc. It has a narrow beam width of a degree. So I wouldn't expect Doppler data to pick it up unless the UFO flies right through the beam. And it was in clean air mode, which means they turn the gain up. So it's going to detect atmospheric particulates, insects. I don't know how many insects are in Las Vegas. I mean, Las Vegas is still warm in November. I believe the temperature is about 50 degrees. And again, two, why didn't other people see it? North Floswell in a parking lot, 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning, Sin City. How many people are out and about? And it was North Las Vegas in a parking lot, not a people, lot of people driving around. That's what I've discovered so far. I am still working on the radar data. I do believe it's a genuine case of a close encounter of the third kind. I do believe it's a, U, a genuine UFO report. I am posting comments. I haven't had a lot of comments on it. Also, too, I might add that the interviews are up on YouTube, which are linked to from my site to... And I put some of the photos and the photo of the entity also in the YouTube videos kind of to present more of a condensation of the information that I've acquired. Very interesting case and one that I don't know. I mean, about as far as I can take it is looking at the radar data. If the witness comes forth with the robotic entity photos, maybe we can make some more deductions about what he saw. Again, I have not seen the good photos. And so I I don't know when or if the witness will release them, but that's kind of where that case stands. Well, tell us a little bit more about what the witness actually experienced here, because like you say, when you just look at the, uh, the picture, 
you could say, okay, well, you know, who knows for sure exactly what that is. But like you say, when you start listening to his account, well, things are very different. So tell us a little bit about how this sighting unfolded. Well, of course, he was walking out of the apartment and he saw the bright green object and he's walking to the south and the object got bigger and bigger. Presumably, it was either changing size or shape or moving closer or maybe all of the above. He states that, you know, the object was, as the object approached, he thought it was a large green spaceship. It was about the size of a football field, hovering low in the sky, but it did not land. He had his cell phone with him, snapped about 15 photos, and he said suddenly a robotic being appeared in front of him. He measured the distance the next day and said that the, the being was 40 to 50 feet from him. The being was somewhat transparent, but was bipedal and bimodal. The joints of the being appeared to not be connected. The being levitated above the ground. It was almost like it was invisible. Then it would turn into a being that you could see clearly. Lights were coming out of the robotic being. He felt that the being was communicating with him the entire time. That's what he says about that. That's, that's pretty remarkable. I mean, it's, the thing is, though, I mean, okay, so he was saying that he had his cell phone and he snapped these pictures. Well, how come all we see then is the photo with this vague sort of light off in the distance? Like, where's the pictures of the ship that is right overhead that should be perfectly clear? And Well, I don't know if the ship, you know, he does not have photos that I've seen that show the ship overhead. The, the photos that I've seen are indicative of an angle I would expect, oh, maybe 30, 40 degrees above the horizon at most. I've not seen any photos to say that the ship was overhead. But, again, you know, you could probably say there are some inconsistencies, maybe, or vagueness in the report. But yet, if I saw something that strange in front of me, you know, I would be, my story, I might be a bit hazy about exactly what I saw, you know. I mean, he was there four minutes, this thing, and he's he's pretty mesmerized and somewhat paralyzed by not maybe physically paralyzed, but, you know, mentally paralyzed by what he saw. Again, I've not seen the last photos. He still has those. He's hanging on to them. So until I see those, you know, I mean, maybe the whole photos that he has of the being are strictly reflections from the sun. I don't know. I've not seen them. Yeah, this is, of course, the problem we always have here. We're looking for reports of evidence, and then it never seems to show up. So what do you say? I have a couple of questions about that in our next segment with William, Jean, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. 
After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. We have all seen and perhaps used the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you ever noticed how it dries your skin, and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? With bacteria and virus problems, sanitizers and hand washing are the first line of defense against infectious disease. GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam, meeting or exceeding all requirements as set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration as a first aid antiseptic. When it comes to sanitizers, it only makes sense that it lasts till the next application and doesn't dry and crack your skin, inviting infection. For long-lasting, alcohol-free sanitizing, come to GCNteam.com keyword antibacterial. That's GCNteam.com antibacterial or call 877-878-4203. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now... Here's Gene Steinberg. Robotic entities. Now, I I think there's something here that reminds me of Philip Kinsella, British UFO experiencer. And he was on a show just a few weeks ago. He had a book that came out, published by the Flying Disc Press from Philip Mantle. And he talked about a gray creature that he felt, I guess, had no emotions, no kind of like it could have been a robot. That's my impression. Did you think so, Randall? Yeah, that's kind of, that was a really good show, by the way, with Philip Kinsella, a really good interview. Certainly some interesting perspectives on his experiences that we got talking about, where the possibility that the grays maybe more like some kind of an avatar than actual biological entities. And William, this this particular description that you describe as well, it doesn't sound like these are real entities. I mean, do you have appendages that are not connected, uh, sort of translucent or transparent? This kind of brings up the idea of active camouflage again, too, because we've we've heard other people say that they've seen this situation where it's almost like the predator type of 
alien in in the predator series you know with arnold schwarzenegger where they can become invisible so either we've got some kind of technology going on where there's a being that is inside some kind of an active camouflage situation or is very chameleon like and can actually make itself translucent or transparent in areas and is actually connected or the appendages aren't really connected and it's some kind of a projection of some kind you know what i mean well, that's correct. I mean, he said that the entity or whatever it was appeared, it was transparent, then it would kind of materialize and then dematerialize. He also said that the craft moved upward and the entity allegedly moved, uh, disappeared, and then it came back down again. He did mention that to me. He has called me many times since he made the original report, but it's projecting lights somewhat transparent you know it's like it's maybe something from another dimension or you know a portal or a parallel universe etc etc yeah whether it's an actual physical creature i wouldn't expect a photograph maybe to turn out real clearly of something like that you know if it's changing form and you know it's not really refracting photons real well which you gotta have i mean that's what pictures are yeah, I mean, and, and the appendages, you know, it's levitating. It's not on the ground. Appendages not joined. You know, it's almost like it's, you know, it's a, a paranormal type of uh, presentation. or It's almost it, cartoon-like. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's like the Michelin Tire Man or something, you know, like, or, or whatever. Exactly. And, and we've heard of similar cases like that in the past as well, where they... So, you know, this isn't anything particularly new. And this witness also says that prior to this experience, he really hadn't given alien visitation much thought. Well, that's correct. And the witness is a Christian. And, you know, a lot of Christians aren't, you know, are a little more skeptical of these type of things. But he's definitely a strong believer. Matter of fact, I believe he's a minister, at least I don't think that's his primary occupation, but so, you know, yeah, some of the people in his church are skeptical about it, but he's pitched it to a lot of UFO investigators besides myself, including DeLong, you know, the gentleman that's producing these UFO documentaries with uh, uh, Luis Elanzano, and, and DeLong is quite interested in the material that he's presented. So, again, you know, I do not think it's a formal abduction type thing. I don't think there's a time loss. The interesting thing about it is he snapped those photos all in about 10% of the time when he was out there. Uh, that's what's interesting. Well, he yeah, that's bang, bang, bang. Exactly. See, this is what gets me here. You've got a person out there with a cell phone camera who is conscious looking at the object off in the distance and taking pictures and the the object then approaches him gets very large in size to where he said it almost covered the whole sky above him which means that it it was either really huge or really close or some combination of both and yet he's holding his cell phone and was taking pictures and never took a picture of it being close or nearby or maybe he did and he's saying oh well we're not going to let you see those pictures and so when that starts to happen i start to think the whole fabrication thing just starts to come into my brain i just go okay we need a lot more 
verification here. We need to see these photos. We need to verify that this guy is who he says he is. And, you know, it needs more investigation. And uh, I imagine uh, you're going to be following up on that. Yeah, I will be. I mean, yeah, I mean, he does have photographs that allegedly show the being and, and the closer up of the craft. He does also say that a lot of photos didn't come out. He was so excited. He had his hand over the lens on the camera, and some of them didn't turn out. Which is to be expected if you're that excited about something. You may not be totally coherent in, in, in your actions. I mean, yeah, we do, we do need to see the photos, but I will say, and he told me specifically to say this, please tell them I will take a lie detector test. I mean, he's very, very convinced and I do believe that he said he saw what he saw. Whether we can ever prove it or not, I don't know. I do not think it was fabricated. Number one, the witness, and not, and I'm not criticizing him, he had difficulty even getting the photos to me, you know, from the cell phone. And, and a hoaxer is going to have a lot of uh, technical abilities, you know, of, of uh, doing that. And he did send me photos originally. And I saw that they were edited with Microsoft Photo Editor, and I confronted him about that. Oh, yeah, he said, we zoomed in on them and everything. And he sent me the original ones that weren't fabricated. And his best friend, one of his best friends, is a, is a retired uh, a prosecuting attorney, lawyer. And another good friend is in law enforcement, homicide detective, allegedly. That's what he said. And they, they both are, you know, quite interested in what he saw. But again... We've not seen the final photos, and he is hanging on to those. And I don't know when or if he says he's going to release him, but that—that's the proof is in the pudding. And but uh, again, all the details, at least most of the details of everything that I've got from him, I've been able to technically verify GPS, you know, the metadata trail of the photos. And I'm not convinced that the radar is going to show anything. And the reason is the radar data is not filtered. It's close to the radar sites. And there's birds, there's angels, there's ground traffic. So can I find a UFO in there? I mean, maybe I will. You know, it's kind of a needle in the haystack. That's why a lot of UFOs are on radar, but air traffic controllers aren't going to look for them when they see, you know, 100 echoes in a... 100 miles square area, they're not going to find them. I mean, case in point, that gyrocopter that landed on the uh, the capital city lawn, that thing went, th went through 12 different radars and no one saw it. Well, you could see why. So whether I can filter out a UFO in that data, I don't know. It's going to take some work. So again, more to be revealed. My own opinion is I think this is a real, the real deal. But the proof is, it, proof is in the pudding. We'll what have to wait be, and see. What might be interesting to do here, I think you've got enough information. I'm looking at on your site, UFOs Northwest, for our listeners, where you can go and check out William's uh, catalog of sightings and recent events in um, and around the area where you are. Now, I'm looking at the photo enlargement, and the enlargement looks like it's an object way in the background even with what looks like a, a cloud passing in front of it a little bit, like a line on it. And, and to me, I mean, it looks like 
it could be a picture of the moon. We've got a break now. We've got more to come with William Jean and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about after the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Times are certainly uncertain. In fact, the return of food shortages is likely. Don't take chances. Make the decision to acquire a dependable supply of long-lasting emergency food. Food that lasts for up to 25 years in storage, ready the moment you need it. There's an old saying, failing to plan means planning to fail. Don't wait for the next crisis. Have a three-month, six-month, or even one-year supply of food on hand. It's easy and affordable. We're My Patriot Supply, America's leader in emergency preparedness. We've served millions of folks like you for over a decade, and our mission is your survival. Our meals are delicious and provide you with 2,000 calories a day, and our kits arrive quickly and discreetly at your doorstep. Visit MyPatriotSupply.com and feast your eyes on the food that could save your life someday. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Take the pressure off yourself. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and face the future without regrets. I'm Dr. Ignatius Piazza, founder and director of Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and Trump'sArmy.us. Are you willing to stand with President Trump and the U.S. armed forces he commands to help defend the office of the president, the streets of America, and the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic? Then go to Trump'sArmy.us and allow me to reward you for your patriotism as only I can. Trump'sArmy.us. We are Trump's citizen patriots. Trump'sArmy.us. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-215-1727. 800-215-1727. That's 800-215-1727. 
anytime, any place, anywhere. Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So we have William Puckett joining us after working at least on stuff that was far more important than a little radio show, a big radio show, but you never know. By the way, we've got a 15th anniversary episode coming at the end of February for the February 28th episode. So we're planning on big things then. Anyway, Randall, you were mentioning something about the moon. Yeah, right. You know how when you take a picture of the moon, when you're just looking at it, it looks much bigger than you think it is. But when you take a picture, it's just it looks way smaller. And, you know, hypothetically, we've got a time and a location and everything. You could probably chart out to see if there was any kind of an astronomical phenomena, including the moon, in that location on that day, if you really wanted to. You know, that might be one thing to do. Just a suggestion there, William. That's a good Uh, point. Quite honestly, I didn't ever have not done that, but I'm pretty sure that it's not the moon. The possibility is, and I, I talked with a witness about this, there is that cloud deck there. Yeah. And it's very difficult, and the witness has gone out there on numerous occasions, taken photos, and not been able to replicate this. But how are you going to replicate a 14,000-foot cloud deck right at a certain angle? Very difficult to do. Uh, and some of the debunkers have pointed that out, that the striations that you mentioned on the object could be reflections of the cloud. But, but the catch-22 on all this is a witness saw the object. That's the thing. Exactly. Like he says, it kept getting closer and got really big and he got these amazing pictures. Okay. So let's, again, then where are they? Of course, if we did manage to to get our astronomy program out or just even go online and you get that information for where he was standing and the direction he's looking, that looks like a, it's either a sunrise or a sunset. I can't tell because I don't know the exact sunrise. Okay, so that'd be off in the east on that particular day, right at sunrise. That should be pretty easy to see if if it was there. That's one thing that that we could do. But you're right. Just looking at these images alone, they don't really mean anything. You really need to look at them in the context of what the witness says they experienced as well. Exactly. Yeah, that's a catch-22. Had I got a series of photos like this, of someone that was taking photos of a sunrise, and I looked at them, I'd say, yeah, probably a lens flare. Another thing, too, and I haven't looked at this, I will investigate that. I, uh, thanks. I'm, you know, I get more suggestions from people all the time. I, I didn't look at much astronomical data other than the sun angle. I, I don't, at this I don't think it's a lens flare. I'm not getting lens, I have the impression. I mean, I'm not a photographic expert, but I'm not, I'm really not getting 
the impression that this, this is a lens flare because of that line in front of the object that looks like it could be behind the clouds in the distance to some degree, you know? So, and whatever it is, it, it's quite large for sure. I mean, right. if it's that far away and it's that big, if it did get up close, it would be very large. Well, that's what he said it did. I mean, he, he essentially said it was covering a good portion of the sky. And here's a 52-year-old man, and that's how old he is. He told me, never seen anything like this in his life, and saw the object from his apartment, putting it, you know, yeah. uh, closing blinds. And seeing a robotic-type being, I mean, you know, I, I would be crazy, too, and I'm a believer in UFOs, <laughs> you know. It does sound pretty far out. I'm not saying he's crazy, but, I mean, I would be certainly, uh, you know, I may not be dotting my I's and crossing my, my T's, you know. Uh, another thing, too, and I will investigate this. I'm pretty sure it's not the case. The planet Venus can show up on photos at sunrise. Uh, Venus is the the only planet that can be visible in the daytime but i have no reason at all to believe that this is venus or the moon but i i will investigate yeah, no. that astronomical phenomena but i'm i did look at it and i, I looked at my uh naval um program you know astronomical program i was mostly just looking at the angle of the sun trying to determine the size of the object coming up with some angles and everything and and i determined that the distance of the object could potentially be at 20 miles away when it was first photographed based on the cloud deck and the angle of the clouds, the height of the clouds, doing some trigonometry. But again, that that's, assumes a cloud, that the object was right at the cloud length. It, it, it would be a most, at most, probably 20 miles away based on trigonometry. Again, those are r r quick and dirty uh, estimates. Sure. And then what we get is um, with, with the green, the greenish tinge, atmospheric phenomena can cause that. Now, being a meteorologist, this is something I, I was kind of wanting to ask you as well, because it's something that I've noticed here in the last few days with the kind of cloud cover that we've had in combination with the sun. So we get these Chinooks that are arches of clouds. And as the sun comes down through them into the patch of air that is clear you can actually see especially if you got a pair of sunglasses on colors in the clouds reds and and blues and greens kind of is it's not quite like a rainbow but it turns them these sort of almost more like a rainbow trout kind of effect if you know what i mean like what is that called you know there's sun dogs and other things where you get clouds refracting uh you know photons and you you get atmospheric pollution that can cause colors in the atmosphere, uh, you know, up your way there in Canada at this time of year, you get, you know, a lot, a lot of ice crystals uh, that can cause uh, refraction. A, a number of meteorological phenomena. I got a case that maybe later on in the show we can discuss about that, that I think is kind of interesting from South Africa on that very thing. I mean, yeah, there, there's some other possibilities here. The only thing about this case that is going to be very difficult to, to, to really investigate is the work clouds. If it was a totally clear morning, you know, you could say, well, and you couldn't replicate this if you saw this very same thing 
it would give it a little more strength forensically, but yet I, I can't throw the baby out with the bathwater just because there was a 14,000-foot cloud deck, and the sun is shining through that 14,000-foot yeah. cloud deck. Yeah, it's a pretty good picture. Actually, it's a really interesting case, so I'm, I'd be uh, looking forward to hearing some more about that, especially if this guy you know, can come up with, you know, cough up some pictures of this thing much closer. Yeah, he probably will do that. I mean... You know, he, he wanted to be compensated, and I, I don't know. I mean, he, he's not working, and right now, uh, I, I believe he has a pretty good earning power, but I believe with the, you know, with the COVID, like many people, he's kind of struggling, and, uh, you know, I, I empathize with him. But, again, he didn't demand – he has released a lot of information already, has not demanded any compensation for it, and, and I think – his own curiosity, he's quite open to it. And again, for your listeners, you know, I urge people to, to put in comments on this. Uh, you know, I mean, it's always good to have more comments about what people w- would, would think about this particular case. We've got a lot more with William and Jean and Randall. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. President-elect Joe Biden introduced a new cabinet-level position Saturday, elevating the position of White House science advisor. Biden tapped Eric Lander, best known for working on mapping the human genome, for the post. Lander says Biden's emphasis on science is a challenge to solve some of the nation's biggest problems. The president-elect knows that science and technology will be crucial in meeting this moment. And he has tasked us in this letter... I don't mean just his scientific advisors. I mean the whole scientific community and the American public with answering important questions about how science and technology can best be used to advance our health, our economic welfare, and our national security. He's asked us to rise to this moment. This is USA Radio News. A new study is out looking at the impact of mandatory coronavirus lockdowns. 
Tim Berg has more details from the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau. A new study from the European Journal of Clinical Investigation found that mandatory lockdowns around the world did not provide significantly more benefits in slowing the spread of the coronavirus than other voluntary measures such as social distancing or travel reduction. Dr. Kanta Ahmed is a pulmonologist at NYU's Langone Medical Center. We see that people actually, when they know about the risk, modify their behavior before you crush all businesses and all activity. That audio, courtesy of Fox News, from the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. And Los Angeles County has become the first county in the nation to report more than one million COVID cases since the beginning of the pandemic. Officials in the California County also say they've identified the more infectious UK variant of the virus as well. This is USA Radio News. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing, and you always need to be sticking your fingers. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. You simply apply a discreet, easy-to-use sensor on your body, and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger pricks. If you test your blood sugar at least four times per day and inject insulin at least three times per day or use an insulin pump and have private insurance or medication, care, you might be eligible for a CGM with little or no cost to you. Call U.S. Medical Supply today for a free benefits check. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill Medicare or your insurance directly. Call now and say goodbye to finger pricks. 800-880-1896. 800-880-1896. That's 800-880-1896. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. So, Randall, you were about to talk to William or comment about that particular thing we're talking about. Would you go ahead, please? Right. Well, this isn't the only sighting that you've uh, got to talk about today. Tell us about another one of the uh, more interesting sightings that you've had happen. And by the way, too, these have all been fairly recent, too, haven't they, William? There are recent reports. Some of the cases are not real recent. It means we're talking about meteorological phenomena and potential refraction. The listing of the cases I sent you wasn't on this, but I, I think given the discussion we're having, it, it's worthy to mention. This case was in Pine Town. I'm probably not pronouncing this right. Kabazazulu, Natal, South Africa. Mid-August 2020, 10.30 a.m. local time, photo taken of a strange white curved vertical streak, and the witness saw the object. I got a comment on this. The photo kind of looks like a curved, you know, there's a reflection from it. It's kind of like, I don't know what's concave or convex. It is curved. One commenter said, he states, it looks like a sundog to me. There should be other parts to it that are not in the frame. It is a meteorological event. The problem with that explanation is it was cloudy. You can look at the picture on my side. It was cloudy. Rain clouds were coming in. And the witness saw it. It wasn't like it was just a sudden sundog appearing. He states, about mid-August 2020, I was heading north along Route 7 Highway, halfway between Citadel and Chewillan more or less at 10.30 a.m. as I was rounding to Ben, I saw what I thought was a sun reflection on my car windshield. 
Then as I followed the road curving to my left, the reflection wasn't in front. Now on my right, a bit puzzled with the same reflection, should now be on my left. It was overcast with rain clouds moving in and the sun not or scarcely visible. So I wound my window down and it was still there. So it was not a reflection on his window. I stopped to get my camera. The object or whatever it was had moved, but slow. I did have to speed up a bit to catch up. It didn't seem to be in a hurry. I got ahead and pulled over to take this photo. He was outside his car. I first checked for clouds moving in and the light was getting ahead again, so I took the shot. The photo has those curved ray-like features that I didn't see with my naked eye, not even with my glasses on. I decided I'll get ahead of whatever it was and once more took some more shots while going through a dip between the hills, trying to navigate and keep an eye on it. I lost sight of it. It's not likely to be a meteorological event because it was cloudy. It does have rays reflecting off it. Again, it could be a meteorological event, but he did see it. Of course, I mean, you can see sun dogs. I mean, that's that's reality. I'm looking at it right now on your website. I'm not an expert like you are, but I've looked at, at the sky and, and you know, sort of got to know my basic kind of cloud formation. This is not a sun dog. There is no way. It's too cloudy. And yeah, it's too cloudy. I don't think that there would be like a, a bright spot that you would would even shine through, even if the sun was directly behind it in this case, to, to cause that. I, when he said windshield reflection, that was my first impression. But then he said he rolled down his window and it was still there. I mean, you can look at the terrain in the background. There's no shadows or anything. Even if the sun was shining through the clouds, you see some shadows on the terrain and they're not there. This is not a sun dog. It might be some sort of, uh, you know, meteorological event, but I, I don't have an explanation for it. Maybe what we're seeing, and, and this is just hypothetical, right, is that instead of the sun, say, being on the other side of the cloud bank that we're looking at there, that it's actually behind the viewer and shining towards the object. And the, if the object is maybe something really shiny, you know, like, uh, I'm not sure what, like an airplane or a balloon or something, the sun is glinting off of it, then you might get that kind of an effect. Yeah, it's mysterious. It could be some sort of natural phenomenon, but I I don't know what. It's pretty cool. I think it's a really good photo. Yeah. I like this one. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I, I can't with absolute certainty say it was a meteorological phenomenon. But it's an interesting case, and in the context of our discussion, you know, about atmospheric effects, it's another case where someone saw something, not just took a photograph. If the person took the photograph, oh, I found this in the background of the photo, and the sun was out, I'd say, well, yeah, it's a lens flare, or it could be a sun dog or something. But that's not the case. Those facts don't present themselves in this particular incident. Definitely interesting. And you've got more. Let's keep going. Well, here's a case I discussed with Kevin. And Kevin thought this was sleep paralysis. And he apparently did a study about it. And and Kevin is well-versed. You know, he's written 20-some books. But this came from Southern California about a year ago, January 2020. And the witness wanted to be anonymous. He wouldn't even give me the exact location. And given the type of report it was, it wouldn't matter. But he said a black mass hovers over the kitchen area and then disappeared. And the witness is quite obviously a good 
graphical artist, and he made an illustration to this. And witness states, I will not divulge my entity nor my exact location. However, I will let you know this happened in Southern California. Here is my story. It was the middle of January 2020 when I fell asleep while watching TV. I awoke at about 2 a.m. to the sound of someone talking on TV. It wasn't very loud, and I thought that I should turn off the TV. Then I noticed something moving out of the corner of my eye. I turned to look and saw a black mass hovering over our table in the kitchen area. It was completely silent. Panic set in. I was petrified at what I saw. I could not breathe nor move. I was frozen in fear. I tried to let out a scream but couldn't. I tried and tried. Then eventually I found myself screaming, I won't say the words, <laughs> over and over again. My wife, who was asleep in the other room, ran into the living room. While she was entering the room, I saw the black mass in our kitchen shrink and then disappear completely. Kevin said this is sleep paralysis. I rebutted that, well, he never had a sleep paralysis incident before or since. And Kevin says a lot of these sleep paralysis incidents aren't repetitive. And I didn't mention this to Kevin. When I read this report again, why would this guy get up and turn off his TV if he was in sleep paralysis? Tell me that. People do sleepwalk. People can get hip, sort of maybe something like road hypnosis or sleep paralysis. You know what I mean? Like people can get into a state of mind where these things can happen, I suppose. But I mean, it's pretty rare, but I guess maybe. I mean, I don't think Kevin's you know, saying anything outrageous that it could be that. But at at the same time, I find it really interesting. I mean, she's reporting that this experience happened indoors. So this wasn't like it was hovering like out over the kitchen and the kitchen was on some kind of a, you know, a deck where it was above the house. This is like some something right above their kitchen table right in front of her when it happened. This is that's I find it really interesting. It's not a UFO site and I classify it as X-File paranormal thing the thing of it is is if you have sleep paralysis i mean the word is there it's paralysis it means you can't move well he turned the tv off and then he looked around and there's a mass then he got paralyzed so i mean it could be sleep paralysis or sleepwalking but most people sleepwalk repetitively now kevin said he did a study on ufo reports and abductions on sleep paralysis and a lot of people only have it once I mean, he knows much more. I'm, I don't claim to be a sleep disorder expert by any means. And one of the commenters said it was sleep paralysis. But when you turn off a TV and then you turn and you get paralyzed, I have my wonders. Mm. That really yeah, made, a, he really did yeah. see it. That's actually a pretty good point. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, that definitely that definitely kind of it, that's a really, really good point to consider, actually. Hmm. Not really sure what else to say about that. Yeah, Uh, it's open to speculation. And again, it's anecdotal because you don't you don't have any forensic evidence. The guy obviously is a great graphics artist. When you look at the report on my site, we've got more to come with Gene and Randall and William. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. 
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Has your body ever gone low blood sugar feeling weak, shaky, knowing you better eat something fast? We all know high blood sugar can lead to many metabolic problems. At GCNteam.com, we have a healthy blood sugar pack, focusing on the structure and function of stable blood sugar. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Nothing feels worse than unstable blood sugar. Call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Do you want to give you and your loved ones premium nutrition right now? Hi, I'm Jamel Bookaboo from TeamGaday.com and the GCN Longevity Health Team. Get your premium nutrition formulated by world-renowned naturopathic doctor, Dr. Joel Wallach at Wholesale, or also become a distributor and earn income while supporting this broadcast. Go to TeamGaday.com via the shopping cart or contact form, and I'll get back to you with support personally. That's TeamGaday.com with Longevity. TeamGaday.com. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. There's so much hand sanitizer on the market, but beware, not all hand sanitizers are created equal. That's why you want to use 2020 Safe Hand Sanitizer. You can trust the hand sanitizer on 2020safe.net to be made with the highest quality ingredients, American-made, with American ingredients, employing Americans. Log on now to 2020safe.net and order your one liter today. Normally $29.99, but reduced to $19.99. So hurry while supplies last and receive a bonus. 
That's right. You'll receive a 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, a $39.95 value, free, by using code GCN at checkout. Right now, click 2020safe.net. That's 2020safe.net to get our one-liter bottle of high-quality hand sanitizer with your free bonus. A 30-count bottle of Immune Booster valued at $39.95. Remember to enter GCN at checkout. And the bonus is yours, free, 2020safe.net. This is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. By the way, William has so much to talk about, he's going to continue this discussion on After the Paracast, which is part of the Paracast Plus, and by the way, we're still offering the free coupon codes for Downloads of The Phenomenon, the James Fox UFO documentary with three hours of extra material for five-year and lifetime subscriptions to The Paracast Plus. For more info, go to theparacast.plus. Randall. Right, yeah. We were just talking about this strange uh, object, uh, spherical object, right, William, that that uh, materialized over this witness's kitchen table. Now, now we've had cases where there's been small UFOs, little tiny ones, like almost like toy-sized ones that people have seen that, that we consider today to be, to be more like drones or something like that. So, I mean, maybe it was something like that. Actually, I've got another case quite similar in, in different circumstances. Uh, Newton Abbott, Devon, United Kingdom, winter of 2001 or 2002, and Newton Abbott, Devon, United Kingdom is where John Mooner was taking a lot of photos of UFOs. I've had other UFO and paranormal reports from that area. Essentially, this person says a bright ball of light glides in front of man near his face. And I'll read the report. He actually graphically made a photo of the area where he saw this man walking and annotated it. He said it was in the winter of 2001 or 2002, 5.30 a.m., I said Eastern Standard Time, that's wrong, it'd be local time. And let me uh, reiterate his report. Years ago, I witnessed something that I really can't explain at Newton Road. It's been playing on my mind for a long time now, and that's why I've decided to come forward and write about what I saw that morning. This is really out there, and I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't witnessed it with my own eyes. It was about 5.30 a.m. I was having a smoke waiting for a lift to work when I began to watch a man as he walked along the pavement on the opposite side of the road. He was dressed in black and looked well-built. There was nothing odd until he stopped abruptly when he got to the small bridge that overlooks the old railroad lines. It looked as though he had seen something. This is where things got weird. As I watched the man, he turned and looked over the bridge, and then, to my surprise, a ball of white light flew up right in front of the man It stopped right in front of him. The light was incredibly bright, and the strange thing was that it did not cast any light on the man or the surrounding area, which did not make any sense. At this point, I put out my cigarette, and I moved a bit closer to the wired fence that was in front of me so I could get a better look. The light was now even closer to the man, and it was now right near his face. I watched in on in astonishment as the man tried to grab at the light, 
which caused it to move back away from him. The light seemed to glide through the air, which was really strange. The man just stood there looking at the light before it glided through the air up toward the trees where it just stopped. The man then looked away from the light and looked up and down the road until he looked back at the light. The light then glided behind the trees, and the man started running down the road, heading in the direction of, I'm not sure the location, King Sturden. I watched as the light faded away into the trees, and, let's see, faded away into the trees, and I stood there in, in astonishment. So, I had trying to make sense of what I had just seen, but I couldn't. Then my friend pulled up his car and, to pick me up, and I got in the car and made our way to work. I said nothing this to my friend. What I just witnessed was unbelievable. So, a similar report, except this is obviously in a conscious setting. Uh, you know, I mean, the witnesses, it was a, they were both awake, presumably, walking around, going to work. But a, but a somewhat similar setting where you've got, is it a UFO or, you know, an entity or, or what? But it, it obviously responded. I mean, it, it, it was under... Either intelligent or unintelligent control, whatever it was. And there's two people that saw it. The, the, the person that he observed seeing it and himself. So it's not like, well, you know, maybe this is just, you know, a reflection off the window or something like that. I mean, it, no. th this sounds very much like two people had kind of a, a, a close encounter. Absolutely. Um, but uh, you know what intrigues me is this part where he says that it was bright, but it didn't seem to cast any light on anything. I mean, how how does that work exactly? Yeah, that's interesting. I he made a point of that, and I mean, you got to wonder. I mean, it, it's some sort of energy, but why why is it not projecting any light out? That that's kind of mysterious. I I don't really have an explanation for that. I mean, if it's an energy source, you know, I mean, like. Plasmas are pretty bright, but they don't necessarily mm -hmm. emit a lot of energy. I mean, even like ball lightning, which is superheated plasma, you know, it doesn't project a lot of light outward, but yet there's a lot of energy. You know, it could be some sort of plasma, but it's either intelligent or under an intelligent control. I mean, he grabbed for it and it moved away from him. You know what it reminds me of is more, more like bioluminescence than a plasma or something really bright. Like, you know, when you get it, like one of those glow sticks, like if you get a glow stick and they're, they're chemical and they make it usually a green, greenish kind of glow, unless you're in the dark, you don't really see it casting its green light on, on anything much. It looks bright, but it's not really bright. It's just this diffuse sort of a glow. Another possibility too, is that it might've had a lot of, high energy photons, uh, maybe more in the ultraviolet spectrum or lower energy in the infrared spectrum, you know, not, not visible to the naked eye. But as you pointed out in the dark, you'd see it. Well, if this was at night, you know, if you had a IR camera, you might see all sorts of strange things from it. Mm. I mean, I've definitely, I mean, my friend out on the West Coast has taken a lot of UFO uh, you know, videos of objects in the uh, thermal infrared, which is a fairly high wavelength. And so, again, you know, that could be the case, too. That is, it's not, you know, reflecting or emitting any visible, visible light photons, but that's only between 
But then, know, then if, if that's the case, then the person wouldn't see it, right? So, I mean, well, they might see it, some of it. It could be some visible light, but a lot of more of the energy, higher energies in the other wavelengths too. Yeah, yeah. kind of. A, it's an interesting case, anyways. Yeah. Uh, okay, so moving along. Uh, how about this? Okay, so there's a couple. There's just another one of these barbell UFO type of uh, cases that you've got there. Um, yeah, that was a recent one, Mesa, Arizona. Two round metallic globes connected by a metal shaft, and and uh, the thing about this report is the witness was commenting on another report of a similar sighting in Woodridge, Missouri, in August 2014, and this uh, this is a very probably the most recent report I got. Of course, of slowed up recently, 9th of January 2021, Mesa, Arizona, around 5.15 p.m. He said, it looked like the YouTube video posted on your site. I was sitting in my backyard smoking my pipe tobacco, <laughs> not not marijuana, <laughs> watching hummingbirds feeding on my two feeders. I looked up at the sky towards the south and saw two round metallic globes, balls connected, with a metallic shaft slowly moving to the east, it was slowly rotating. I looked shiny. I did not see any lights or glowing, just a reflection off a shiny metallic surface. And he, I live by 23rd Street and McKellops Road, which is about two miles to Falcon Field Airport. Off in the distance, I could see small light aircraft taking off from the airport. I could definitely tell the difference between an aircraft and the object. The craft seemed to be very low in the sky, and as it moved, it was slowly twisting in what seemed to defy, seemed to be defying aerodynamics. After about 30 seconds of watching it, I ran into the house to retrieve a pair of binoculars. By the time I took them out of the case and looked outside, it was completely out of sight, heading due east. It was quite remarkable to see. So, uh, I do have a video, and there's a link to that other report where you can look at the video, which is linked to on my site. And actually, I believe the video is. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't have a video. He he mentions a video, but anyhow, um, actually, there is a video on 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 a comment on that. And uh, I'll I'll just uh, right. This was right. This was in uh, right just just January 9th, twenty twenty one. Yeah, this is very very recent, and right in your neighborhood, Gene. Let's talk about that in the next segment with Gene Randall and William. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. 
It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax manager hotline now 800-503-8625-800-503-8625-800-503-8625 welcome back to the paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio and now here's gene steinberg You were about to describe something about a case here, Randall, that William is going to tell us about. Well, no, we were just discussing a case, actually, that was right in your your area, right on January 9th. Like you're you're uh, right in in Mesa, right? It's called Mesa or Mesa. Mesa. Yeah, it's like the second largest city in Arizona, second to Phoenix. And it's very much a bedroom community for Phoenix, but. Then there's a lot of industry out here, of course, with the pandemic. I have no idea what's going on, but let's continue. What happens, though, is that we have these cases in Arizona, near Phoenix, near where I am currently living, and I never know about when it happens. Well, the thing about this report, you would expect a lot of people might see it. I mean, it was 5.15 p.m. uh, January 9th. I mean... What was that? I'm, I'm trying to do some arithmetic on dates. I guess that would have been a Friday. You know, you, you would expect 5.15 p.m., that's rush hour. Uh, you would expect people to see it, but again, I don't get every UFO report. I mean, MUFON gets some, National UFO Reporting Center gets some. Sometimes I parse those sites to see if there's any correlated sightings, but and it's not the first dumbbell type, and not any reference to the witness, but dumbbell-shaped UFOs that I've had. I mean, I've actually got a, I've got a category of dumbbell-shaped UFOs. So yeah, they're a little bit more rare, but I mean, they are out there. Some of the better sightings are are, are of that type of a absolutely uh, object. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, pretty interesting stuff. There's another report uh, that I would like to discuss. That uh, this was in Redmond, Washington. November 15th, 2020, strange metallic object seen in videotape. Now, you got to look at this video. This is weird. This object appears to be twisting and turning, moving back and forth, 
defying gravity, moving downward. And I, it, it's a strange case. I lived in Redmond the last year that I lived in the Seattle metro area. Redmond is a suburb, kind of a well-to-do suburb. I was living in a senior city and housing at the time. It's kind of out towards the foothills of the Cascade Mountains, a little bit higher altitude. But the witness says, good evening, William. My daughter saw a strange object around 4.30 p.m. today in Redmond, Washington. Attached is the video. What do you think? Could it be a drone? She said she didn't hear any sounds. She was with her husband, and they both saw the same thing. Thank you again for your time. I comment, the video shows that the object was moving erratically, shows it descending rapidly. The object appears metallic, and that it was rotating on its axis. I don't think that it was a drone. Uh, I did get four comments on this. None of the comments that I've had have really uh, to the negative. So, you know, what is it? I, I don't know. I think it's a genuine UFO. Yeah, and I, that's a, at least the video. It, it doesn't look like it's fake to me. It looks like it's of something. It could yeah. be a drone. It could be even like a like a mylar balloon or something, uh, maybe caught in the wind and spinning. Uh, but it's definitely an object. I don't know that it's an alien craft, but yeah, without more information, I mean, there's... It's kind of like, it's, it looks like there's really something there, that's for sure. Yeah, well, the erratic movement, uh, let's say, let, let, let's postulate that it was a balloon and that it was coming down. I mean, it was descending. That's about one of the few things we can say about the video. And it shows that erratic movement. Well, you could have a what we meteorologists call a wind shear type situation where you get uh, you know, a strange, a pretty drastic change in wind direction. That's fairly low in the atmosphere, and I don't have any evidence from the video. If you, if you look at the video, uh, I'm going to look at it while I'm talking to you. You know, you don't really see. You can see there is some wind. I mean, you can look at the tree in the background. Yeah, yeah you there, can see There that. is some wind. But again, it's not, the tree's not bending like, say here in Helena today, if you saw something like that, yeah, moving erratically, you know, when you got, you know, 60 knot winds at the surface, you're going to get a lot of wind shear. I mean, there's something that aircraft are afraid of. I mean, you get in an airplane and you're landing on a windy day, you're going to get bounced around pretty good because the wind moves in three dimensions. I mean, well, the, just- the, the other thing about this is if I'm reading this right, it looks to me like the wind should be pushing the object, if it's a balloon, off to the right-hand side of the screen. And it, it, for a good part of it, if that's the case, it's resisting the wind. It's yeah. not drifting entirely to the right the whole time. It does so more as it starts to get lower to the ground. So I'm, I'm thinking, and those light, the way that light kind of glints off it, it actually looks like it might be more an actual light on the thing. So yeah, that's you know. what I'm thinking too. The thing too is, yeah, I mean, as you point out, the you know the being a balloon, the, 
when I looked at this and, and I did extract a steel frame, I could not find any tether on that. If it was high altitude balloon or even other balloons, sometimes you'll see a tether. And a drone, well, a possibility, but drones mm-hmm. make noise. And, I, of course, we don't know how big the object was. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's alien spacecraft, but it does exhibit erratic movement. I do not have any reason to believe there were strong, low-level wind shear and, and the, the change in lighting and everything, the lack of sound. And and in the background, you don't hear a lot of wind in the background. The, the audio is pretty good on the, on the uh, video that was taken. Again, it, it's certainly food for thought. I did yeah, classify yeah, it as unidentified. I think, it's, I think we're dealing with a genuine object there. Uh, I think Suggesting it's a drone is probably the most reasonable, but, uh, you know, unless we know more about it or something, you know, really strange happens, like if there's another report of the same thing or something like that, because it looks like it just went down and, and disappeared behind the trees in the distance. I mean, I see a lot of drones out here. They fly them, they used to fly them regularly across the field and from my house uh, before they built a road there. Now they fly them a little bit further to the south and uh, sometimes they even fly them at night and they've got lights on them that spin and they're very very weird looking like if you didn't know they were a drone you would think they were ufo but uh, yeah that's that's true i mean redmond is having lived there i believe that was taken towards the east is i'd have to double check that that is towards the cascade foothills of the cascades and there's less people that live that way. People could would could fly a drone out there. I don't believe that's any close to any. I mean, Seattle Tacoma Airport is way, and Boeing Field is way away from where this was. Or there, there would be some airports uh, out towards the Cascades. So many um, people have them these days too. But still, I mean, uh, I like going through these it's and uh you know we miss having you on regularly to bring these to us because regardless and we've talked about this before regardless of whether or not it's something really truly outstanding or not it's interesting to look at them just from an educational perspective to just see what people are reporting and to talk about the various cases that are taking place and being reported to you so maybe uh let's what's another one well, here's another one I think worthy of mention. I didn't put this on the list, but this actually uh, caught the interest of, of Kevin. Major sighting, October 24th, 2020, over most of the Hawaiian islands. V-shaped crap with lots of lights over Hawaii. Uh, around 10 p.m. local time, the local media, and I've got the uh, video on my site, Shows this triangular format, or I'd call it more of a rectangular, no, not rectangular, V, V, I'm sorry, formation of lights going over Hawaii, and the bottom lights are blinking. Let's go to Hawaii in our next segment with more to come with Gene and Randall and William. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. 
Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. The stress levels of Americans may be at an all-time high. From education to business to basic needs to politics, the 2020 pandemic-related stressors are pushing many of us to near breaking point. That's why you should consider the stress and pain-relieving products from sunny-bay.com. Like our lavender neck wraps and pads infused with premium Washington lavender buds. They relieve tension and relax with a soothing scent of lavender. And lifestyle expert Jennifer Bonner recommends products from Sunny Bay. Sunny Bay's hands-free neck wrap should be your go-to pain relief solution. Give gifts to family and friends that relieve stress and pain. Give love and care by giving the best. Give pillows, neck wraps, and body wraps from sunny-bay.com, a Biomed DB design company. Just click sunny-bay.com. That's sunny-bay.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. The new year is here, and the time is now to capitalize on the tech boom in the U.S. markets. The red-hot e-commerce payment sector is on fire with no signs of slowing down. Text the word HOT to 48542. Here's just one example of what you can get with the up-to-minute research from Avid Market Readers. According to Allied Market Research, mobile payments are on track to exceed $12 trillion, And Avid has identified one of the hottest companies in North America that is poised to dominate the mobile payment and e-commerce sector in 2021. Text the word HOT to 48542. To get your free subscription to Avid Market Readers, we deliver the data directly to your mobile device so you can make decisions as market conditions change. If you're interested in our hit list of the hottest stocks to look at in 2021, then text the word HOT to 48542. Set your investment research strategy to hyper growth mode now with our information delivery system from Avid Market Readers. Text HOT to 48542 now and don't get left behind in 2021. Text HOT to 48542. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So what appears to be a fairly significant sighting that William's going to talk about. By the way, I think this is the sighting I heard from James Oberg well-known skeptic, about this case. He said he had solved it, but never sent me the information. I even invited him on the Paracast, and I hear from him every couple of years, and he never seems to find time. So, William, as you tell us about this case, have you heard anything from the skeptics about it? I got a lot of information. James Olberg visited my website and commented about it, and I will add... And I got to respect James. I mean, I mean, he's an aeronautical engineer in NASA. He did a, an exhaustive study of this report. I do have a link on my report of James Oberg's final report. He did an exhaustive study. But I do not agree with him that this was a stage three Chinese rocket booster that was launched apparently in October 2008, which is 12 years ago, those lights were blinking, and I I do not believe that was space junk. James does, and he did quite an exhaustive study, and you can find the link on my site on the comments, and I got to credit James. He commented back and gave me a link to his site. The Adobe PDF file is on my site, a link to it, so you can go to that and, and get the report that he didn't send you, so I will add that. I still steadfastly do not believe this is a Chinese rocket booster. And the media will go, they'll go to the astronomers and the astronomers will tell them that case closed. Doesn't it just get you how they do that? You know, they'll, they'll just go, Oh, well, you know, on that day there was a bolide sighted in that area. That's what it was. Case closed. And they don't take into consideration all of the other evidence, just the evidence that they want to look at that meets their particular criteria for mundane object case closed. Yeah, I made in my comments, I state, the media is saying that this was a re-entry of a Chinese rocket booster. Looking at the video, I'm not sure of that explanation. Normally, space junk leaves a trail like a meteor. Another attribute that makes this theory less likely is that some of the lights were blinking. They stayed in formation. They weren't moving away from one another. I, I do not believe that that was a Chinese rocket booster entering the atmosphere. It just does not stand to reason. And I know James has a lot more expertise than I do, and he did write a report. And I did get other reports, uh, another report on my site, from another person in Hawaii that saw that. And that, that sighting is also posted on my report. So, again, it generated a lot of interest. Uh, the local uh, TV station in Honolulu uh, did make it, to their credit, uh, did put it on their uh, late evening news, this particular report. But I, I do not believe that this is a Chinese rocket booster. I mean, I took a video with one, inadvertently, of, of one of my security cameras of a Chinese rocket I'm saying this is a few years ago, and actually, uh, I saw it in the paper that people had seen it, so I looked at one of my security cameras, and I extracted the footage, and I sent it to the local uh, uh, NBC affiliate here in Helena. They put it on their news, and 
<laughs> the, the good news about that is that the particular reporter, uh, I, I stated in my uh, comments that I'm a UFO investigator, and oh, I found this on my security camera, came out and, and, invest, and interviewed me about UFO reports. So, But this was nothing like you're looking at here. Yeah, I just was checking it out there. I could see how someone could say that it was some kind of re-entering space junk. I, I get that. I don't think necessarily a rocket booster. There's too many fragments for for it to be something like that, although I suppose it could break up into more pieces and so on. But this reminds me of what they did with the Fox Lake sighting in the Yukon back in 1996 up here in Canada. Not so, Falcon Lake, is it? Are you talking nope. about Falcon no, Fox Lake, okay. which is a right. which is a different one. There's the Falcon Lake is the Michelac sighting. Yeah, no, this is up in the Yukon, and they said that that was a Russian booster that was re-entering, but that doesn't explain how this booster then kind of stopped and hovered over the lake and shot beams of light down onto the ground. You yeah, know, that, yeah. Another thing about this case is those blinking lights on the bottom. That that just that mystifies me. And then the fact that this seems to be a, a homogeneous, like the dots are connected. I, I don't see any dispersion. I don't see any uh, trailing. And I saw all that in my video that I took a few years ago with my security cameras. And I don't see that with this. Uh, again, uh, you know, Dr. Olberg's did a good report. I mean, he, he's got numerous witness reports in there. He, he did an exhaustive study. I got to hand it to him. I mean, he is an investigator. So, Well, you know, we need skeptics to do that. I mean, if, Absolutely. If that, for all the skeptics out there, we're not dissing on you, okay? We need you to do these kinds of analysis so that we can look at it and balance it against whatever else we might come up with from various witnesses uh, who were there at the time. But I can certainly see how this looks like it could be some kind of re-entering space junk. Whether it's that booster or not, I don't know. I'm not convinced either way. I, I think that's a really interesting sighting. Yeah. Well, my final word on it is it could be re-entry space junk, but, but I'm more than 50%. You're leaning towards craft of some kind. Yes, I am. I can't rule it out. I mean, yeah. Dr. Olberg has a lot more expertise than I do, but I just it's not what I have seen. In the videos I've seen before, it doesn't look like space junk to me. But again, I, I can't I can't rule it out by any means. The thing of it is with skeptics, yes, we need them, but you're you're never gonna convince everybody. I mean, I if you had crash debris and you could have it analyzed by a material specialist, and that material specialist says it has non-terrestrial isotopic ratios. Uh, you have photos of an alien being that were authenticated and, and you know, numerous independent eyewitness reports. You're still not going to convince some people. Never. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. No, I mean, I mean short, some skeptics, short of a mothership tour, you know, where they took you on board and showed you everything, 
So they're just not going to believe it. And even then, they might say, oh, I don't know if I can really believe that that actually happened to me. It was some kind of psyops operation or something like that. So, I mean, we do need the skeptics. But at the same time, when people have these interesting experiences, then you bring them out to us and then we can for ourselves have a look at them and i think it's i think that your website is a really good resource for anyone who's interested in this sort of thing anyway as far as james oberg is concerned he's gonna have to now come on the powercast and tell us why he disagrees with william about whether this is something conventional ordinary mundane and all that other good stuff by the way william will be back on after the powercast in addition to this show, part of the Paracast Plus. More to come with Gene Randall. William, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented Made in America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. The National Mall is now closed to the public as thousands of National Guard troops descend on Washington, D.C. ahead of Inauguration Day. The deployment is part of a massive security operation amid threats of more violence at President-elect Joe Biden's swearing-in. Maryland Democratic Senator Chris Van Hollen tells CNN that based on those threats that law enforcement have identified, the security measures are needed. We now have... I think 25,000 National Guard men and women in Washington, D.C. That's 10 times the amount of uh, troops uh, that we currently have in Afghanistan. And that's just the National Guard. On top of that, of course, you have different uh, police force. So I think the security is definitely necessary and warranted. It is a sad reflection on where we are in our democracy uh, today. This is USA Radio News. Part of a caravan of migrants from Honduras was blocked Saturday by Guatemalan security forces as they tried to cross into the country on their way to the United States. Officials estimate more than 6,000 people are part of this caravan. Mark Morgan says this could be the first of many groups who see a change in immigration policies as an opportunity to make for the U.S. The acting commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Protection tells Fox News they foresaw this outcome as part of the statements from the incoming Biden administration. With the new administration's immigration strategies, which really are akin to open border strategies, we knew this was going to come and it's already happened. If it's not just a thousand, right now we're looking at two groups 
that are well over 5,000. And one of those groups have already gotten through the Guatemala border, and they're on their way to El Rancho, which is about to, located centrally in Guatemala. It's coming. It's already started, just as we promised and anticipated it would with this rhetoric from the new administration on the border. This is USA Radio News. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So we have tons of cases to explore since it's been quite a while since William Puckett was on the Paracast, and Randall is going to bring up another one. Go ahead, please. Right. Rectangular craft with three stacked lights on corners. Red lights on sides. Date of sighting, yes. October 14th, 2020. Yeah, this is an interesting case. Uh, the witness called me several times, and he re-verified that time by a phone call that he had made. He was he was unsketchy on the time when he first made the report to me, and he knew he called a friend right at the end of the sighting. And he looked at the call, call log, which he showed me, and he said it was 8.40 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time when he made the call. He states he saw a rectangular craft with three stack lights on corners, red lights on the side. And I will uh, reiterate his report. A man went outside to get some air and noticed a Cessna 310 aircraft flying south across American Lake and Lakewood, Washington. He was familiar with the sound of the aircraft. Obviously, he has some knowledge of aircraft if he knew it was a Cessna 310. He then noticed some red and white lights above the tree line to the south. Joint Base Lewis-McChord, military base, uh, which is Fort Lewis and McChord Air Force Base. Now it's called Joint uh, Base Lewis-McChord Base. is located in the area that he was looked toward he was looking. He said that the lights looked like floating flares. The witness did not have a camera with him and didn't go fetch his camera. The light started disappearing behind branches. He then walked south to the end of his deck, and suddenly the lights appeared very close to them. He thought that they could be around 50 feet away. He then saw the lights were mounted on a rectangular craft. The craft had three white lights stacked on each corner like traffic lights. Red lights were on the edges and flashed in sequence from front to back. The craft was six or seven feet wide and about 12 feet long. The craft then began moving and was shining lights into the trees. 
The craft was totally silent. The craft moved like a Star Wars craft. It moved up the hill and out of view to the north. The object was visible for about five minutes. The witness called the public affairs officer at JBL base, which is the one I just mentioned. They said they had nothing in the air. The witness has also requested security tape footage from his neighbors, and he did get that footage. The footage didn't show anything, but I believe the uh, witness stated that the craft was uh, lower than the angle of the security footage is my understanding. I have to read that, but he did go to his neighbor and also uh, update. The witness stated that he has had a headache since his sighting. He feels like his hair is standing on edge. He did hear from the neighbor who had the security footage and nothing was detected. However, security cameras were pointed downward and didn't catch the sky. Now, that's a good point. You guys know I've got security cameras. My cameras are pointed somewhat upward so I can get UFOs. Most security cameras are pointed downward, and the guy that worked on my cameras a few months ago said that's why I get pits on my cameras because they're pointed upward, and I can get hailstones and stuff hitting them. So that's a very good point and something that I can verify having my own security footage. Now, I have requested and I have received radar data from Seattle Tacoma Airport local traffic control radar for this site. I've not analyzed it yet because I've been too busy, but I do have a good radar dump, and I'm going to look for that Cessna 310 on the radar tapes. That'll be my starting point on what this guy saw. It's a good report. In addition to the report, the person has had some alleged physical effects, and it sounds like the craft was quite close to him. And he also, he did call the PA, PR officer at Joint Space uh, Fort Lewis-McChord base, and they had nothing in the air. This is really interesting. Uh, technically, under the Hynek Valley system for categorizing the types of sightings, this counts as a close encounter of the fifth kind. That means that it's significantly unusual object that passes between the observer and a landmark or other visual cues of discernible distance, thereby enabling a close estimate of the object's size and speed. And in this case, it would be of the fifth kind because it includes positive or negative physical changes to the witness. So this is quite an outstanding report. Yeah, and the interesting point, yeah, the witness has really done a lot of his own work. I mean, he called the base. He verified the phone log. I had actually contacted the FAA and already written a FOIA because you got to get on them right away. And I had that time at 10 p.m. And the FOIA officer wrote back and said I needed to confirm more details. At that time, I got the corrected time back from the witness, which I provided to the FAA. And they, they gave me the right data. I mean, they were really good about getting the right data to me. Originally, I got binary data, and it was hard. I couldn't read it, and they gave me the rest of the data in a text-readable format. I have not had a chance to verify it, but in addition to that, the witness verified that phone call, the phone log, and he knew he made the call right at the end of the sighting. So he verified that, and then he talked to one of his neighbors. So he did a lot of, re of his own research about it. You know, I suppose you could go look at 
and it's too late for that now. But if you really got exhaustive, sometimes, you know, they got cameras, uh, the Department of Transportation, and you kind of look on Interstate 5 and say, well, did these cameras pick this thing up anywhere? I suspect it was flying fairly low based on the report. It almost reminds me of the whole Rendlesham thing where it's, I mean, but this is a rectangle, like a, a flying yep. rectangle. Like it reminds me of 2001 or something. So it's it's a pretty weird situation. I'm not really sure how we'd explain that one in any conventional terms. Maybe hypothetically, I suppose someone could construct something like that as a lighter than aircraft, you know, fill it with helium or something, some sort of really odd configuration, put some lights on it and, and, and float it around to weird people out. But it, it's either that or it's some kind of alien craft. Yeah, I mean, it was at night, but it wasn't, you know, it's flying over that lake. And, you know, at that time of night, that time of year, a lot of people might not have seen it. And when you look at that and then the fact that, you know, it had those blinking lights but it made no sound, so whatever yeah. it was, I don't know whether I checked the winds aloft. I can still do that, whether you know it would be with the wind or not. I that's something I might check uh, when I do these reports. Writer, I generally go in and extract meteorological data too, and take a closer look at it, and that's something I will double check when I process the radar data. But I I have dumped the radar data. I've got a good dump you know, in the right time and location of what I asked for. But again, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm swamped with reports. I really was last spring. I had a backlog of 60 reports last March and April. I've got a backlog of about a half a dozen now, so I'm not quite as behind as I was. And, and this is definitely on my, literally high on my radar. I would want to mention a couple points, maybe going back, Earlier in the show, we, we, we talked about the, the UAPs and the, you know, release and what we're going to see. Allegedly, you know, and you guys probably heard about this, this Israeli, ex-Israeli uh, uh, politician talking about, talking about this ex-Israeli politician that talked about, you know, coordination between, you know, the, the U.S. military and, and alien intelligence that we're, we're working with them. Now, I suppose one can make the argument here that the government isn't capable of coordinating with anyone. They're not capable of coordinating with other countries, not capable of coordinating with themselves. Alien beings? Hmm. Are they able to coordinate with alien beings? I'm going to ask you about that. I think that's a little bit overdone, but you never know. We've got more to come with William Puckett and Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. 
We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Do you want to give you and your loved ones premium nutrition right now? Hi, I'm Jamel Bookaboo from TeamGaday.com and the GCN Longevity Health Team. Get your premium nutrition formulated by world-renowned naturopathic doctor, Dr. Joel Wallach at Wholesale, or also become a distributor and earn income while supporting this broadcast. Go to TeamGaday.com via the shopping cart or contact form, and I'll get back to you with support personally. That's TeamGaday.com with longevity. TeamGaday.com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus doesn't grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. A one-pound package of tea is $34.95 plus shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. That's Shop, S-H-O-P, Super, S-U-P-E-R, T-T-E-A, dot com. So the complete website is ShopSuperTea.com. Or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5, California time. That's ShopSuperTea.com at 818-984-6100. For over 20 years now, Extendivite has proven time and again It really works. Here is a testimonial from Amazon.com. I received an arterial switch at birth. In my mid-20s, I started getting slight runs of NSVT. Nothing too serious, but enough to cause worry. I started taking Extendivite a little over two years ago, and it helped cut the palpitations and NSVT down drastically. This isn't a cure-all supplement. I strongly recommend a good diet and exercise to aid in any heart troubles you may be having. And I strongly recommend giving Extendivite a try. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I did a column for the Paracast newsletter, actually two of them, about prominent people 
political figures, government officials, etc., saying nice things about UFOs. But this guy from Israel, I mean, we're talking to people from the Galactic Empire or something, he says? I mean, yeah, it is highly speculative, you know, but the guy has credibility. I mean, it's just like that gentleman in Canada, I don't, was it Wilbur Smith? It was Wilbur Smith who had credibility, and then Paul Hellyer who didn't. You're right. Exactly, right. yeah. Yeah, right. Hellyer basically, you know, he read a bunch of UFO literature and became quite fascinated with it and then and then I think took it a little bit too much to heart by the sounds of it. At least that's kind of the assessment of most serious ufologists. Well I mean, yeah, I mean that's the case with this guy too. I mean, is he just just some cock and bull story or whatever, or is he really reiterating the facts, you know? I mean, that guy in England that hacked allegedly hacked into the Pentagon McKinnon? Uh yeah, Gary McKinnon. I mean he said the same thing, but we're going by what he said he saw. But yet the, the government, I mean, they were ready to lock him up and throw away the key, but the England never extradited him. So he definitely got into some pretty sensitive stuff or they wouldn't be throwing, want to throw the book at him. So you got to wonder about that. And then I don't know who that other gentleman is. Corey Springer, is that his name? He claims that we're in cahoots with gal- you know other galactic beings and for years and we've ventured off to the stars and mars and other things that's highly speculative information too but gary mckinnon did hack into the pentagon uh databases and and they were not happy about it so what did he find out is that the truth i don't know i don't think we'll ever find out because that case is what 15 years old yeah it's been quite a while ago one thing too i want to mention the arm of congress that looks over these federal agencies, and this is the one that Stephen Schiff from New Mexico, it's called the Government Accounting Office. And they can do audits on any FOIA requests. They have the power to go in and look at sensitive information. They do have a lot of authority. So if Congress is dissatisfied with these record release from these intelligence agencies, any congressman could go to the Government Accounting Office and have them scrutinize it. So I just want to make that point. I'm very skeptical about how far Congress will pursue this. I mean, they could say, hey, we're asking about UFOs or UAPs and we're doing our due diligence. But when it comes to going the next step, watch how that doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I agree. I, you're probably going to see some videos of pilots with UFOs. You might even get some pilot reports. You're not going to see the stuff that was sitting on the floor of Carswell, or not on the floor in Carswell Air Force Base, that was supposed to be on the floor, but was on, was in fact on in route to Dayton, Wright Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. You're not going to see that information. Our friends at the debrief did an article on this upcoming release as well. It's their assessment that the UAP report provision is not binding law. So there is no guarantee that the public will be provided with any comprehensive information on UAPs. In other words, if they want to, this is sort of a codicil to the bill. It's not actually, you have to do this. So we might just be told, well, we didn't really have to do it. We had more important things to do, like Gene was saying, and just nothing at all will come of it, period. 
Well, you're probably going to get something a little bit more than no records response to request, but you're probably not going to get a lot more. And then John Greenwald did get information, quite a bit of information from the CIA, but he can't read it. Oh, I mean, what does he got to do? Get a uh, cryptographer or something to decipher it, you know? And you know, they well, can- that's the ultimate hoax there. Well, we gave him the information. It's too bad he <laughs> can't right. read it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, I mean, I'm encouraged that Congress wants some transparency, but I'm not at all convinced that we're going to see anything in the dark, deep vaults of Wright Pat Field. I mean, I worked with a woman. Uh, actually, I dated her once when I was working in Seattle at Environmental Protection Agency. She worked at Wright Pat Field, and there was all kinds of rumors going on. Oh, yeah, we got people that are guarding these vaults, and boy, there's some deep, dark secrets. Well, they do have vaults below the ground at Wright Pat Field. I mean, Barry Goldwater tried to find that out from General LeMay, and he definitely uh, said, don't ask me that question again. I can't get in there, and neither can you, Senator. This is something we can get into maybe a little more on after the Paracast, but sure. how about a couple more sightings for our listeners out there in radio land? One quickie, okay? One quickie, and then we'll adjourn and pick it up on after the Paracast. William? Well, here's one. Again, open to some speculation. A ring doorbell camera case, uh, what I get a lot of, Hermitage, Tennessee, ring doorbell camera, it did sound, reveals dish-shaped object. Hermitage is, if you look on my side, oh, I'd say it's probably about 20 miles east of Nashville, give you a perspective. And you can look at the photo on the ring doorbell, it looks like a dish-shaped craft. And the witness did give me a daytime photo of uh, where that photo was taken, you know, I mean, what could it be from a reflection? And I will give you the actual and word-by-word witness report. Two photos are attached. My ring camera, my alarm sounded and opened on my cell phone. And the next day it was saved and I made a screenshot of the unknown item. Today, I took a picture of the same area in daylight to compare to the area. I have not been concerned except that it keeps bugging my mind the weather was wet but rain had stopped i note this is a strange photo given that the doorbell was triggered at the time adds more credibility to the sighting that means it was an object in motion that triggered the ring doorbell i mean they're they're motion detectors and that's what triggers them so whatever that was was triggered and that's what the photo showed again i have had a lot of Ring doorbells that are dumps that are probably spiders or ice crystals, et cetera, et cetera. I looked at it and I, I scratched my head. It's open to, to interpretation. What can I say? That sounds like a good way to end this segment. And then we'll pick it up on After the Powercast. For listeners who want to know more about all the stuff that William Puckett does, and it's a lot, tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. Well, then go to my, my UFO blog, www.ufosnw.com, which is abbreviation for UFO Northwest. It's mobile-friendly. The fonts are formatted for your mobile devices and iPads, etc. Also, if you want to find out about sightings in Montana, you go to my Montana sighting blog, which is UFO sightings, plural, Montana.com. So I have two blogs. If you see a UFO, definitely report it to me. 
We like to have your photos, videos, sketches, and reports. And also we have a great archive of appearances of William Puckett on After the Paracast, and we'll get into how you can get that in a moment. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. They haven't banned us yet, nor have they banned us from Facebook. And we have two segments there. (laughs) Boy, we don't want to get into the politics of that. (laughs) You can also find branded merchandise at theparacast.shop, theparacast.shop. Four different logos. Pick the stuff you like and we'll send it off to you. Great prizes. The Paracast Plus offers the After the Paracast podcast, and William's going to be on this weekend's edition, and he's been on many others. You can check through the archives. We give you a version of this show free of the network ads for low subscription prices. If you order a five-year or lifetime subscription, it's not that expensive. We will give you a coupon code for a free download for the phenomenon, the James Fox UFO documentary with three hours of extra material. To find out more about the Paracast Plus, go to theparacast.plus, of course. Once again, theparacast.plus takes you right to the ordering page where you pick what you want. William Puckett, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. I look forward to being on future broadcasts. And, of course, there's dozens and dozens of sightings that I didn't even talk about today that are really important. So I encourage people to, to visit my site. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.